Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Media Chop Up. I am Serge, a.k.a. Serge Rilla, joined by my brother from another mother, Rick. What's going on, man? We also have a special guest, Thomas Gillette, also known as G Friggity Fresh. Thank you for joining Adam, us. Adam. Thank you. Always happy to have you. Also, I want to thank the, the co-host that all uh, that assisted in while I was busy at home, you know, being a daddy and having, you know, taking care of some, some stuff. So thank you for, for joining in and we appreciate you. Um, this is our first episode live, everybody. So so welcome. You're welcome to join in. You're welcome to interact with us. It's a pretty cool topic we got this time. This topic that we have is near and dear to my heart because I grew up there. So we're going to go a little bit uh, 80s nostalgia and we're live on Facebook and YouTube. So welcome, y'all. Yeah, man. Yeah. How you how you feel about the 80s, guys? Man, I'm an '80s baby, so you know it's the best era ever. I was created at that time. So. I, I think about that. I think about that. Uh, obviously, I'm staying true to um, '80s. Uh, the Last Dragon, right here, repping big, big time. Um, you know, '80s was a big part of not just you know all our lives. I think it was one of the best eras, and not because I grew up in it, but as I look at it and compare, like movie, movie wise, like. Obviously, man, there was so much creativity back then, and things have changed. We'll talk about that later. But um, I, I, you know, I, I battle with: am I being, am I being, am I favoring that the eighties, or is because I grew up there, or is it because it really was the best era? You know, music. it was. I agree. I agree. You're not gonna, argue, <laughs> you know. But um, in fact, um, there's so many great movies, man, and and I want to start off by saying the movies that we talk about today. Let's take this off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movies that we talk about today, um, they're not necessarily the best movies of the 80s. Not at all. Uh, it's more about just these are the choices. These are goodies that we really uh, hold near and dear and, and they stuck out. And in all honesty, it was very hard picking movies because, you know, like this, so many movies that, that you're attached to growing up, you get that nostalgic feeling, man, that great feeling of, of you know, it brings you back, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I derived a list of all, all a bunch of movies, not all, but a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of bangers, and it was a great conversation between all of us where we were just looking up stuff like, yeah, what about that movie? Yeah, I remember that movie. It's pretty, it's it's pretty crazy. So, um, I'm a, I'm gonna go through this list, man. All right, real quick. Um, in no particular order, I try to put it in in order in, in, that it came out, but and there's a bunch of ones that we missed, but. Star Wars, Mad Max, Rocky 3, E.T., Beastmaster, Scarface, Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop, Terminator, The Last Dragon, of course, uh -huh. um, Weird Science, The Goonies, Hev The Heavenly Kid, Legend, <laughs> absolutely, you got to rep, um, Back to the Future, how do you, how do you not re you know, recognize that, Little Shop of Horrors, Short Circuit, Howard the Duck. Oh, I was heavy on Howard the Duck. The Fly, Aliens, La Bamba, uh, Predator, Robocop, Bloodsport, Child's Play, Kickboxer, Top Gun, Risky Business, Rain Man, The Outsiders. Man, I can keep going, man. There's so many great movies. And if you haven't seen any of those movies, make time to watch them, man. They're great, Shame man. on you. Shame yeah, on Somebody says Scarface and Hellraiser. We got <laughs> Children of the Corn on the side over there. 
<laughs> I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You can't you can't miss those. Scarface is classic. Um, Scarface, I don't know if you know, that's actually a remake. A lot of right. people don't know that. That's actually a remake from a 1950s joint. Now, that 1950s joint, honestly, I mentioned it. I wouldn't say waste your time watching it because it's not really <laughs> that great. But if you want to stay true to the whole Scarface storyline and everything, and they changed it up. It's not the same. It's not in Miami. It's in the 50s, you know, Tommy Guns and whatnot. But it was it was pretty cool. Twins, absolutely. Twins, a, a, a great movie. You know, um, yeah, what are some that come to your head, uh, Gillette? Some uh, movies from the eighties that you know bring to oh, bring you man. back to that time. He he just ran off on like the ones that come straight. You know, he said Last Dragon, he said Goonies. I'm wearing a Goonies shirt and uh, to be a part of it. Um, you know, cultural the cultural side for us in the household, the comedic side, the Eddie oh. Murphy specials. So mm-hmm. you got Trading Places, you got Golden Child. You got Beverly Hills Cop, uh, <laughs> all of the different on, Beverly on. Hills Cops. Absolutely. So, let me let me ask you a question. Either of you can answer, or anyone out there can can answer. <laughs> Kiss my Converse by showing up. Yeah. should sure. plug that plug that uh, that comment. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic uh, comment right there. Kiss my Converse by showing up. Uh, I can't see which Facebook user uh, wrote that. Unless Kyle you- wrote it. Oh, Kyle. Kyle from Kyle, yeah. What's up, Kyle? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Um, but um, if you can, from 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 now, you know the times that we are in now. What who who dominates? If so, or what what movies are really popular? Or what actors really dominate right now? I would say by far comics. The comics are controlling. Hollywood. They all have their own individual stories as well as the Avengers, and that's really big in the box off. Any anything else that you any other franchises that stand out to you now? Um, you definitely have to say Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether people so love it or hate it, it it always does well, and people watch it. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, you definitely have to add that, and that's an easy one because there's so many different. Um, um, actors and actresses in it, a lot of people's favorites, so that's definitely one. Uh, but it's not that many, it's not that many yeah, that stand so, out to me right now. If you think about anything else right now, there's a bunch of other things sprinkled in movies here and there, but pretty much everything's a remake, even even the Marvel movies or the, the superhero movies, those are remade with different oh, characters, <laughs> they, they reboot them and. You know, if you think about it, back in the 80s, the only one who really touched the comics, if I remember right, was Spawn. Spawn was the only one, and it wasn't even that popular. And Spider-Man. I mean, Superman, excuse me, Superman. Superman, Superman. yeah, absolutely. But otherwise, it wasn't a trusted uh, type. You know, the Hollywood um, studios weren't saying, hey, let's spend all this money on these. I think we got one Batman, right? Jack Nicholson, um, Joker, Batman. Do you know what year that was in? That was 1990, was it? Uh, uh, Batman, Batman? It, it, it wasn't Batman was late 80s late 80s yeah so like it took a while for that to come the reason why I bring that up and as I'm going through all these amazing movies from the 80s right I started deriving a list of, of actors and these are the actors that uh, mostly dominated in the 80s but from what I can see we barely put a list together oh you have The Rock The Rock is in everything right now um, yeah. Rick's Kevin favorite Hart. Rick's favorite actor, The Rock, right? Favorite um, person. 
<laughs> but um, there's not a lot. But in the '80s, you have Harrison Ford, and I even I even did the math how much money they made, and you can't really compare the money they made back then to now because you know inflation and whatever, right? But um, I'll, I'll give you a little information. Harrison Ford, uh, he led the pack with three point seven million dollars he made during the '80s. Eddie Murphy. $2.1 million. Sylvester Stallone, $1.9 million. Now that's con that's considered successful at that time. You know, obviously, you know, now people aren't taking, you know, taking jobs for that amount of money. They're like, you better pay me more. And now it's like 20 million a a, a movie sometimes or something like that. Right? Yeah. Uh Tom Cruise, 1.7 million. Dan Aykroyd, comedian, 2 million. Um Bill Murray, 1.9 million. Richard Pryor, 1.4. Chevy Chase 1.4 and Jack Nicholson 1.5. My whole point is that you see all these people that were all dominating in the 80s, they had plenty of food to go around and make money. They were all making money. All the studios put money. There was a lot of variety out there. There was a lot of creativity with these uh, sci-fi and horror and all these stories Whereas now you don't see that everything's a remake. Everything's either a plug-in for a new superhero story, and I think that it's cool that they're making more superhero stories because now they can kind of like tell more of the story because the story is huge. It's it's part of a big comic book, you know. So it's hard to fill that into ninety minutes of a movie. But a lot of the true fans get upset when they when they you know move a little bit off to the side and they don't tell their true true story or they change it up a little bit to accommodate whatever else. You know, so this is just more proof of why the 80s was so amazing, you know. Um, do you have any um positive memories of the of the 80s? Um watching these movies? Do you remember going to the movies to see these things? Oh, definitely, definitely. Even though uh I wasn't supposed to go, I know my brother took me, uh, my older brother took me to see Raw and the movie Eddie Murphy Raw and a couple of uh horror films that my mom did not want me to see back then. Yeah. I know he uh -oh. took me to see. Mm -hmm. So you know, we're all right the, here. Yeah. The movies was just a big part of a kid's leap. My me being a kid, my leisure time mm -hmm. was the park and movies. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was it. Uh, I'm watching the Knicks for me also. I fit that in. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I grew up somewhat poor, so I didn't go to the, my very first movie theater experience was in, I want to say, 1990. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I never experienced the movies in the 80s. I think VHSs. So, so, it's, <laughs> so it's crazy that you say that, because as I'm de deriving this list, I'm I'm accessing my memory, and I'm like, and, and I'm also keeping track of like the box office, who was successful, who wasn't, how much it cost, uh, the budgets and whatnot. Never really paid attention to that, you know. Up until we started doing the show, I never really paid attention to it. Um, but then I, I can't remember, bro, going to the movies like really as a kid, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not gonna say that I wasn't taken to the movies, but it wasn't a, a, as popular thing. Now I do remember the movies at some point costing seven fifty uh, a ticket, right? You were a teenager. A teenager, right? But yeah. I, think once, I think once I was a teenager and I was able to go on my own, that's when I started going to movies. I remember standing online in King's Plaza Mall for the original Batman. And mm. and I remember I had mad pins because pin, wearing a bunch of pins was like the cool thing, you know? But, you know, I I didn't want to ask my, my family for, for, can I get money to go to the movies? You know, so what? What we had, another medium that we had was 
the the movie stores, the VHS stores. And the beauty of it was that you can get two VCRs and you can dub it onto another tape. You just put some tape over a little section of the, of the cassette player and you were able to record whatever you want. All you had to do was bl buy blank tapes and you better make sure you better label it because you're not going to know what's what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you stretch it out. You put it on standard definition instead of high definition. So we had like one VHS for like six movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I forgot about that. But um, mm -hmm. I actually, to this day, in my closet, I, I still, I held on to my VCR. No idea why. I held on to it, but, and I still have the remote. The, the remote's this big, right? Yeah. It's, it's huge, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I kept, also, I have some things that I, you know, like I have some um game film of me when I played football when I was younger that I still want to kind of transfer to DVD, whatever, but later for that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, V going to the movie store, I think it was like $5 a movie. And like every week we were renting like two movies. And um, I think the biggest problem back then was not rewinding your movie. Like, Hey, you didn't rewind this. Like Did they wanna... used to charge you for that. Some places. Eventually, yeah. they they start and they, the people start getting pissed off. They will rent the movie. It's all the way in the middle of the movie or towards the end. And I, then, I I remember as a kid, I didn't like VCR because when we were young, you had the V hold on the VCR. You know, it would give those lines and it would be running. <laughs> and I, me being a kid, I was the one that had to always keep getting up, and it was like a little knob yeah. underneath the VCR, and you got to like keep find that sweet spot. Because either it would roll upwards or it would roll downwards, mm -hmm. so you had to, you had to master that V hold. So, me for one, I was super excited for DVDs because that mean I didn't have to get up and go to and mess with the box anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in my household, it was mostly uh, just my parents and me. I mean, my brother was in the house here and there, but. Honestly, my, my level of focus, man, I was able to watch movies and I watched them over and over and memorized them. I was known for doing that. And I was a pretty good kid. Like I wasn't getting in trouble. I was watching movies, you know, <laughs> but, you know, hey, I, I love movies to this day. And that's that's why, you know, <laughs> so uh, I guess let's let's start. My first choice of movie uh, is, a, is a very, very, very uh, memorable movie. I could watch it over and over. In fact, I watched it the other day. Um, let's pull it up. Uh, that first movie would be Big Trouble in Little China. Do you remember it? Of course. Ah, uh, yes. Classic, yes. classic, classic movie. Uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Kim Cattrall. Kim, Kim, Kim Cattrall was in uh, Sex in the City. I don't know if you remember. She was Sarah Je Jessica Parker's friend. That was uh, mm -hmm. very ho-ish. If you, if you got <laughs> It's a but, lovely uh, word you use there. <laughs> promiscuous. Okay, promiscuous. There you go, promiscuous. <laughs> it's not going to be a, a, a group of hoes out my door like, huh, we're not hoes. We're not hoes. Like, you know, no one's going to argue that. But, you know, okay, mm -hmm. that's a better way of saying it. You got it, right? Um, there's a bunch of other actors. You might not know them. You know them by face, but you may not know them by name. But um, Dennis Dunn, James Hong, you know, there's mostly a uh, 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 an Asian cast. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, in case you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Um, let me get these comments up so I can see them. Uh, uh, he got in trouble watching Jim Carrey movies, uh -oh. doing dumb stuff for fun. <laughs> who, who, who's that? That's Abby. You, you know what's funny is that I remember my dad 
and this is in the nineties, you know, uh, he took me to see Ace Ventura and me, I was, I was entertained. I was loving it. He was like, uh, do not go in there. Woo. And he was doing all the crazy things that he does. Right. And I went out, I left the movie theater smiling and I looked at my dad and he was like, don't ever take me to a movie like that again. You wasted my life. Like wow. he was so bored because he just saw Jim Carrey as being a clown. Like, I don't want to see this clown. Me, I was entertained. You know, yeah, it's not everybody's genre, man. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But but you know, uh, that's a good question too to ask. Uh, what's your favorite genre in the 80s before you get into your um your set? How do you answer that, bro? Like you have amazing horror movies, you have amazing action, you have kung fu, and you know, kung fu was big. You know, at, at what point? You only watch Kung Fu if that was your type of movie, and pretty much that's what you focused on, and then it, it crossed over. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Masked Look at the comment. Um, you ever had time when you get hype about him watching a movie on VHS and it was porn? <laughs> <laughs> what, they didn't have labels on your VHSs at that home? Has not happened to me. And that yeah, that, that's a unique nobody, experience, nobody I gotta say. The house is lazy enough to hide it afterwards, but <laughs> That's that's a you problem. Like that did not happen to me. <laughs> You're all alone on that one, Fabian. That's that's oh, just you. But thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we will absolutely look at you differently from now on. But you know. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about this movie. All right, Kurt Russell plays a hard-boiled truck driver, Jack Burton, who gets caught in a bizarre conflict within and underneath San Francisco Chinatown. An ancient Chinese prince and Chinatown. Um, crime Lord has kidnapped a beautiful green-eyed woman who is the fiancé of Jack's best friend. Jack must help his friend rescue the girl before the evil Lopan uses her to break the ancient curse that keeps him a fleshless and an immortal spirit. And this was released in July 1st of 1986. John Carpenter was the director. Um, he's done a lot of big things. Um, believe it or not, um, as you as I started doing research, it was a lot of drama with him in Hollywood after this movie because of the way he was viewed. But after all, all these years have passed, this movie is obviously a cult classic. And the numbers of people who watched it and paid to watch it do not tell the story of how good it is. Um, during during those times, from what I've read. There was a lot of competition. And like I said, I gave you a lot of action stars, a lot of big names that were all coming out with, with movies in the 80s. And believe it or not, it's almost like kind of now. Like you have to, you, your movie, the the success of your movie determined is determined by what else is coming out at the same time. So you don't want to get killed by an avatar if you come out by avatar because everyone's going to spend their money on avatar and it's not going to sit you know like people aren't going to go see your movie too you know and not right. to mention prices prices have obviously gone up so people aren't as uh free to spend that money to go to the movies again it's almost like a once a month thing type of thing you know well mm -hmm. you know, um the budget was 25 million and the box office box office made 11.1 million oh that hurts yes 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 so that's why we never got a sequel yeah, well, I don't know if you know this. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this, but The Rock is actually talking about being involved and, and trying to spearhead making either a remake or a continuation to this movie. Mm, I don't want to see The Rock in this movie. The Rock, he, 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 he jumps in a bunch of different movies. This is not one I want to see him in. And I love him, but this is not one I want to see him in, you know? 
So uh, a little information about this movie. So um, it was actually originally written as a 1890s Western. And where it fit in was the story had a cowboy that went into Chinatown back in the day of 1899. And that that uh, cowboy was a, a, an amazing shot in distance. He can shoot between, he can shoot birds down and all different types of shots. But when it comes to shooting people, he couldn't shoot people. Like he would just miss, it, it was weird. So the studio was like, yeah, we're not making that movie, rewrite it. So they rewrote it and, um, and they moved it to San Francisco modern day and 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 took it from there and i'm glad they did that you know um i was reading some of the comments so um the production was actually rushed because of gillette's man crush eddie murphy was, <laughs> was making his favorite movie the golden child so they had to rush and make it so that came out in december and this movie came out in july so they wanted to rush for a couple of reasons. Number one, you don't want to go up against Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was a heavy hitter. He made Beverly Hills Cop. He made 48 Hours. He was gold. He was as good as it gets in the box office. So there were like two things. Number one, both movies, if you think about it, deal with Chinese magic or mysticism. You know, So there were like similar stories. They either go, they go in different directions. But how do you have both these movies coming out the same thing with kind of the same premise? So they rushed this movie and... And and I enjoyed the movie, but you know, um, let's see what else. Uh, in the when they when the studio watched this movie, they kept uh reworking it because they they came back, and I think ultimately they were comparing um Kurt Russell to Eddie Murphy, and Kurt Russell was an up and up and comer. He was doing really good for a couple movies. He was charismatic. He was good looking. They were like, yeah, he can be our lead man. But originally, he actually wasn't slated to be the the the. the in fact, oh, I forgot to put my um my images here, so you can see a little bit of it. Uh, so this is the 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 cover, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, this is Kurt Russell right here, and the guy right right next to him is Dennis Dunn. Dennis Dunn was actually originally slated to be the lead role of this movie, which is which is crazy, and wow. Kurt Russell was actually playing uh, almost like a dumb American because <laughs> it, it, it is true because he's not from the Chinese world. So Dennis Dunn was telling him, like, listen, you're going to see some stuff. You're not going to understand it. And and Kurt Russell, with his sarcastic voice and cracking jokes and everything, was like, don't tell me. I don't want to hear that. Like, he was cracking jokes the whole movie. It's a great movie. Um, in that movie, oh, I totally forgot to get you have these um these, <laughs> these villains and these villains if you if, i don't know if you, you have um i think one was called lightning thunder and something else and one guy was like uh he can he can control lightning the other guy uh he had swords and and the guy in the middle he was like a blowfish his he you could, mm -hmm. it, it was, it was, <laughs> he could expand himself yeah it was it, weird it was weird but like he was like super strong yeah i think there was a scene where they 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 were they were tied to uh wheelchairs and they and they got out and then when he came back in the room they they fronted like they were they were still tied up and then uh Kurt Russell had a knife in his boot so he pulled it and pulled it to the guy's neck and he was like get your roof right and the guy was like get off me like he just he just flexed and he just fell off him he was like what the fuck is this right yeah. so um 
So you see these bad guys right here, right? There was a lot of great scenes, fighting scenes. It was really, really good, right? You have Lopan. He was the big, the big bad, bad guy. He was the guy who who kidnapped the girls with the green eyes, so he can do a ceremony and he can he can get their blood, so he could become mortal. You know, so um, there was some really good bad guys in this. I'll show you some right here. You have this 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 weird looking thing that was the eyes and ears of um low pants, so he didn't have to, he could basically be any, anywhere. You had this big ass ugly monster, right? Oof. It was disgusting, but uh, it was oh, like wow, classic oh. monster there. Yeah. yeah, it was scary. It scared the hell out of me. And um, in case I don't know if you knew this, low pan is actually uh, a lot of a lot of um different mediums have have looked to this movie as inspiration. So um. Low Pan was actually recreated in the Ninja Turtles world, and he was a spirit as himself. Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually he actually got the same actor to do the voice. So That's um dope. so a lot of people have uh copied and mimicked this. And as well, if you look at this, I wanted to get another image. I totally forgot I was crunched for time. But if you look at these guys, what do they remind you of? Do they remind you of anything? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was was modeled after this movie isn't that oh, crazy yeah. like you know the fighters raiding and all these different things they were modeled after this movie which i think is pretty epic you know um it's pretty crazy um when listening to kurt russell in this movie uh i i kept like you know i was listening to the way he speaks i i, I tried to imitate it but i didn't really have enough time to try to master <laughs> it but um like there's a way of of, of, of him speaking and sometimes like you know mace the rapper how does he speak how does he he slows he slurs. Up, right he slurs yeah. right on uh, 50 cent he does the same thing because of because of his jaw right so he was speaking in, in in a certain way and i was like i can't do it but it, it was like ringing a bell and um i i actually have two videos here one so you can hear how he speaks so try to listen how he speaks i'll play that for you and then another one of who he modeled that type of speech after all right so you ready for this go uh let's see what we got here um all right let's see Bang. All right. All right. It's not showing. It's not showing? No, you got the wrong tab open. Can you see? Nope. All right. I can hear him though. Gets the point. He gets the job done. <laughs> Just listen to him. It's it's just not coming through. I'll try it another time, unfortunately. But um, the person he modeled the way his speech pattern from is uh is the late great uh, John Wayne. John so, Wayne. So John Wayne speaks. John Wayne speaks a certain way, right? <laughs> I don't know if you can do an imitation of him, Rick, but he speaks just like him, right? And I think it's it's interesting because the movie was originally supposed to be a western, and he's even though it was modern day, he still kept that accent. Just a little tidbit for you to know. I don't know if you guys care, but whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, one of the guys from here, um, John Devlin, actually, I made a really good point to our question. Well, what do we think about why, why do we like '80s movies? And what he says is actually pretty cool. He says that the '80s '80s is cool because there wasn't as many films released. There wasn't five big films a week every week, and there wasn't much home viewing accessible. So a big action movie like Indiana Jones was an event. That's absolutely. a really good point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. definitely. I remember. Uh, was this in the movies? I don't know if it was in the movies. I gotta look it up. But I remember the the movie Ewoks: Battle for Endor. Uh, they made a big thing when they televised it on TV, and they were like, "It's gonna be in stereo." And what that meant was you can actually turn on your radio and listen to it at the same time. So mm -hmm. it, it it added a stereo surround sound type of feel, and that was amazing to me. I recorded that bad boy, and I watched that a million times. But but it was a family event, man. I I love that movie. Um, uh, pretty crazy. The the Dennis Dunn, the other guy who's also the hero in it. Um, mm -hmm. you know who they originally wanted to be? Dennis Dunn, the the the, the other guy. I'm gonna assume it was like a Jackie Chan or a Jet Li or Bruce Lee or something like that. Or was Bruce Lee dead at that time? I don't know. It was Jackie Chan. And I they figured. and they hesitated because it was like, yeah, his English isn't so good, you know. So <laughs> they they hesitated and then they were like, you know what, let's offer it to him. And they offered it to him, and he was like, no dice. And then oh no. wow, he said no <laughs> dice. <laughs> um, that's it, man. I mean, that, that that's that movie for me. You know, I I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out, man. It's it's you know it's worth it. Um. How about you, Rick? What what sticks out to you from the 80s? Man, there's a lot of movies that stick out to me in the 80s. So this is actually a really, really hard topic for me to like really boil down. I was uh -huh. busted my head, but I went with uh, 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 I think a one that's unanimously a favorite of a lot of people. So I personally went with uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which I know you guys have seen. Ooh, most definitely. Oh my god, <laughs> feed me, Seymour. Bro, I watched that so many times, man. I memorized that like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, so uh, let me ask you guys a question, right? Uh, what genre do you think Little uh, Little Shop of Horrors was? Musical. Musical. All right. It's just it's not just musical, you know. The beauty, was... yeah, the beauty about Little Shop of Horrors is that it was so many different genres, so it had something for everybody. You had horror, you had musical, you had comedy, you had yes. romance. Yes, yes. You had you had dark comedy, all that stuff, man. So it was it was really really. You had sci-fi, you had fantasy, so. It really did a great job of putting together all these different genres. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it would, you know, it's funny because just like you said about uh, um, your movie, this movie also had a budget of 25 million, and only made about 13. And I didn't know that. So I did some research on, on the movie recently. Was it, uh, say, that, say that again. So they had a budget of what? 25 million, just like the other one, like your movie had, and they made about 13 million back. So it was a, a, a flop. 39 million they made. Yeah. So they barely cleared, right? Yeah, they didn't clear. It was a twenty-five million budget, and they only made back uh, thirteen million. Okay. Wow. So yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah. But I gotta I ask you guys, as, as as someone who's seen the movie, what what are some of your guys' favorite scenes from that movie? Uh, I'm gonna go with Gillette. Oh, so you putting me on the spot because it's been a while. That's all right. But, but obviously, you know, uh, in my in my home, we like to mimic certain actors and actresses so like like uh serge said the songs at the time i knew them mm -hmm. so when it came on we would sing it mm -hmm. and you know obviously the plant has uh several catchphrases that mm -hmm. kept that movie alive 
once it left the theaters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously I don't remember all of them, but yeah, like I said in the beginning, you know, feed me Seymour was like one of my favorite lines in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, we would say that all the time. You go to grandma's house and she's like, hey baby, you want to eat? Feed me, grandma, <laughs> you know? We, was, we just made that part of our lives because of that part of the movie. So it was really great. Mm-hmm. What about you, Serge? Man, I mean, I memorized every song, and it's been so long. But um, it's funny how we speak about it. And I just started like singing some of it. Uh, yeah. Suddenly, Seymour. <laughs> and, and there were so many great actors in that movie. Yeah, absolutely, that, man. That made cameos and everything, you know. Yeah, but mm-hmm. well, uh, one of my favorite movie. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in this movie <laughs> is the scene. It's a comedic scene between um, what's his name, uh, Steve Martin and Bill Murray. Yeah, someone just mentioned Steve Martin just now. They oh, said yeah? Steve Martin is a, is the de- as the dentist is the best part, and it's oh, so absolutely. it's so random. You wouldn't really expect it, you know, because he's not just your typical dentist. He's a womanizing, sadistic, evil dentist who just takes great pleasure in torturing, writing, yeah, torturing people basically. So what what was awesome about this scene was that. You have a sadist on one side in Steve uh, Steve Martin, and then you have a masochist in, in um, Bill Murray who actually loves pain. So you put those two opposites and you let them go loose in that scene, and you got nothing but comic gold, man. Well, the the the, the girl that he beat up on his girlfriend, which was the which was the crush of Rick Moranis, right? Right. Uh, she was like, uh, who 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 did she? She acted like a ditz, like. The way she spoke and the way she walked, a little walk and everything. You yeah, of course. That's the funny part. Like back then in my youth, you know, she she was all cleavage in that movie, bro. She was. Yeah, her, her cleavage could have been a, a character in the film by itself. So I was like, yeah. I was a young little hornball. I was like, every time she ran in the scene, I mean, I didn't know this back then, but I was hoping that like a boot popped out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it did happen, they took care of that in post production. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, she was like, for me at the time, that's like that was like my first exposure to like the female anatomy at that age. I'm like, whoa, did, did they oh, do this on purpose? This came like, out in 1986, so I was six yeah. years old when this came out. I was seven. I mean, I don't know uh, if I saw it in 1986. Maybe I saw, you know, no, nah, probably not. I know I didn't see it in 86. I was a little older. Of of video stores, you can you can just see as much movies as you can rent, you know. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to catch it right away. And it also takes a while for it to go from the movies into onto cassette, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably 1987, 88 when I saw it, you know. Right. Definitely. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this movie was uh, first a, a play, a musical, and then got converted to theater. But um, what I just found out was that the the um, the actual musical had a totally different ending than the theatrical version. You know and, that? Uh, yeah, and the and the, that ending, you know, <laughs> Aubrey dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So does the the character that Rick Rick Man Seymour. He dies, and the plant multiplies and multiplies and nearly takes over the world. And there's like a scene where he's like, he's like climbing the the statue of liberty according wow. to the article yeah so it's like a world domination that's not i mean if you think about it the the movie ended with uh like him having to to stop him because he was out of control and it was like yeah. he was a planet he was actually a plant from outer space yeah right do you guys do you guys know who played that plant oh I, I don't i don't know you know him both of you know him everybody knows who it is the the all right the guy is the lead the rock no, 
The guy's name was Levy Stubbs. He was the lead singer of the Four Tops. You guys know what the Four Tops was? Probably if I see him. All right, I'm a. How about this song? Everybody knows the song. Sugar pie, honey bunch. You know I love you. Well, he's the lead singer to the the Four Tops, and he was the one who did the voice. They needed someone that could sing. For this, yeah. for this movie, yeah, uh, he had a strong. He was a strong baritone voice, also. So you know, his, he was he had to, had that powerful performance, and I really loved the effort they put into making that creature. Man, it, the way it talked and moved, it was so human. Like it was, I, they did a great job. It just Very popular. I remember buying a game that was like the game Operation, where you had the plant and and you had the <laughs> tongue right there, and you had to put the marbles on his tongue without him biting down on you. Yeah. And, Play that far. <laughs> you know, I least expected to come on this 80s nostalgia podcast oh. and get to hear both of the hosts sing. And so oh. you better sing. You better what sing. What a treat. What a treat. Oh, obviously, Listen. if someone on Facebook is enjoying it, I think we, I think we should all vote for him to keep singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can, you, you know the next verse, Rick? Absolutely not. Let's go with you, Gillette. What's your number? We're going to move right into G- uh, Gillette. Uh, <laughs> What's one of your favorite say, 80s man. movies, man? So similar to both of you guys, there's so many to pick from. And I was like, it was weird. First came to me was the Eddie Murphy ones. But believe it or not, those were for adults. And it took us a while to catch all his jokes. You had to watch it many years later. Mm-hmm. So I actually picked a movie that was for kids. I got it. I loved it. Mm. The fir- with the first watch, you know, okay. so I picked uh, the never ending story, mm. right? So true, childhood favorite, childhood that was a favorite. great movie, huh? That was a great movie, man. It was, it was. Uh, it's one of those movies where uh, you remember cheering with them in the movie, like mm-hmm. you emulate whatever the person was doing, you feel that energy, and so. Uh, it it always stayed with me, always stayed with me. And, you know, I wanted a little white dog dragon thing to fly me around. Is there a reason why it looked like a dog? Hmm? Is there a reason why it was designed to look like a dog? I, I thought that back then. I was like, why is that a flying dog? But I just think it was easier. They wanted to go with the cute factor for him to be a hero and not not be mistaken as a monster or a beast because dragons are, you know, usually the complete opposite of it. But um, there's so many parts in it. And, and, you know, even though the effects are really outdated, I think the movie age as well, you watch it again and you don't sit, you don't spend a lot of time critiquing the effects. You just, Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time thinking about wow. Oh, I remember that part. Oh, yeah. Oh, like you just keep saying that. It like it gets you really excited. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, well, the budget was for that movie was twenty seven million back then. It came out in nineteen eighty four, and they made a hundred million. So it was obviously successful, and it was released in July of eighty four. So, so I'm yeah. so impressed with you guys. And 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 all the fun facts you had that I was like, I gotta make sure I have at least one fun fact. And, <laughs> okay. you, and you took it, but I you took it right. Shit. I, was, I was gonna talk about uh how much it costs, but okay. did you know that at the time that was the most expensive film? It was a, it's a German film, which I didn't know. They filmed it over there, yeah. Right, it was filmed in Germany, and at the time it was the most expensive film for German cinematography. And uh you know, 
I didn't I didn't realize it, but uh, it was based off of a novel, right? Mm-hmm. And the the writer of the novel was heavily uh, involved in the making of the movie, but he actually hated the movie. Really? He gave it terrible reviews to the point where uh, he told them to remove his name from the credits. Really? Wow. One of those type of things. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure he had to backtrack when it made a hundred. We got a request million. for you, Gillette. Say what? We got a request for you. Sing the song from Never Ending Story. <laughs> I don't even know. Let's Bro, see. The words are in the title. Nah, man. But that's yeah. that's not one of the that's not one of the movies that you sing the song. Yes, you, know? you do. Nah, that's just one of the songs you walk around the house screaming names. Atreo! <laughs> He's right. He's right. He's right. He's you know, so right. Like, hey, you're not, you're not singing that movie, but you Are you, you going to sing it? Are you going to sing it? No, absolutely not. Turn around. I got Look at what you see. That's it. That's I'm you mad that you even remember that. Yo, I'm so impressed, man. I'm so <laughs> impressed. Because I knew that growing up, but then eventually I forgot it. But um, How embarrassing. Uh, the hook was the never ending story. You just stretched it. You know, I, I can't sing, so I'm not. That's my one of my favorites. And I watched it recently just so I could freshen my memory, and I still didn't remember that song. That's crazy. But it was very catchy. The song was very catchy. But you know, listen, man, that movie was like the Lord of the Rings of the of that time. I like that. Yeah, like that. It, it was pretty crazy. Like, what's a, like, one of, what's one of your favorite scenes from that movie? Um Ooh, there's so many. Oh man, yeah, let's see. Um I always, for me, the best part of the movie was the the dog dragon. So unfortunately, yeah. my favorite scene is all the way at the end mm-hmm. when he when he makes his you know the the girl is like just make a wish and, and all of that, mm-hmm. and his first wish is to ride around on that damn dragon, and he's just riding around screaming and shit like a real yeah. kid. It was so realistic. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, am I not supposed to curse on this podcast? I'm not sure. Okay. So. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening. He's just riding it and they're changing the scene from like desert to like snowy mountains. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> right? Finally, he um finally he takes them back into the city to 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 chase down the bullies. And yeah. I thought it was so funny because no one else saw the dog but them. <laughs> Right, and then they run in the alley, and he got his sweet revenge. Threw they, garbage, they threw themselves in the garbage. One yeah. tripped over some garbage, and the other two threw themselves in the garbage. So to me, that was like the best. Uh, Can I admit something? Go ahead. Back then, when I watched it, and I watched that movie many, many times, Noah Hathaway played Atreyu, the main actor. Right. I didn't know if it was a boy or girl. Yeah, that says how good looking he was. I remember how good looking he was. It's a she. It's not a he. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. It's a girl. No, No, it's not. Oh no, he's right. No, 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 no. He's actually right. No, 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 no. The the character or the actor? The actor, Noah Hathaway. No, that's not a girl. That's a man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I could have. Noah is a man's name. It was definitely a boy because they said, you know, we send for a warrior, not a little boy. In the beginning, right. and he was like, "Well, I'm I'm from this tribe. I can easily go back or whatever." So, yep. All right, yeah, I'm gonna look at. I could have swore I looked it up today. And I was like, "No, 
it's a girl. It's yeah. a girl. Like it was, it was so, like my mind. So you know? no, I I looked them up because I like to see. That's an early movie. What are some what other movies done. they might have done that maybe we didn't recognize them? Yeah. And Noah didn't do a lot of American films. He did more a foreign film, so we wouldn't have heard of him. Nothing. Uh, a tray was Noah. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I, the John. only fun fact I had for him was that he was the prima donna in the movie. He was the person that was hard to work with. He didn't have that many lines, and he gave them the hardest time mm. of, of, of all the child actors. Oh, wow. Wow, definitely. So, yeah, what I, what I love about that, the, that movie more than anything is the uh, – <laughs> it was creative, right? It was mm. fantasy. And it really, like, almost like – as kids kept kids using their imagination. Hey, mm -hmm. you should read. It, like th this person didn't want to yes. read. They they ended up reading it because it was so involved, and they realized how things started coming to life when they started reading it. And oh my god, this is real. This is actually a story of somebody, and they were connecting. It's kind of like Jumanji if you think about it. I hate to compare mm -hmm. it to that, but like Jumanji's reality versus another, you know, another world where, where there's other characters that you can kind of control or connect with. Mm -hmm. you know? So similarities, but um, I I respect and love the uh, cre the writing freedom of of what they did back then, you know, in the eighties, you know. All right, question. Uh huh. At what point did you guys realize that you were on the adventure with Bastion? Mm. I didn't. After the Bastion, I right, Bastion is reading Atreus' story, and mm -hmm. we are watching Bastion go on his adventure with the uh, with a. Uh, uh, the never, that's why it's called the never ending story. Then yeah. allegedly someone's watching us go through that uh that adventure with Bastion going with that adventure with uh Atreyu. Oh, so the Matrix got you. Okay. <laughs> hey Rick, did you tell him your, your favorite scene from that movie? Oh, oh Mio, it's, it's a tearjerker scene. We talked about it earlier today. It's when you know the death of Artax. Mm, the horse. So sad. The horse. Yeah, man. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, man. I've watched that movie so many times, and I was like yelling at the screen, expecting it to listen to me. You know, I think we all did that. Artex, <laughs> come on, don't, don't give it to the nothing. Yeah, I got a, uh, another little fun fact that I didn't even think of. That was in the '80s. You know, everything was taboo back then. The director uh, bashed the movie because of the Sphinx at the end. He said really? uh, they put strippers in my movie. Because if you remember, they were they had them like yeah, they just boobs yeah. And, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so that was like a big thing, and that that yeah, gave the movie lasers. Yeah, they can shoot. You had a long pathway you had to walk, and if you didn't do it right, you got destroyed. Mm -hmm. But they they were they did yeah they did have like and, yeah. bodies and stuff. Yeah, they nitpicked it, saying they put strippers in the story and just destroyed my story. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was. The one, the one actor that we don't really know about, but I was most impressed with is a gentleman named Alan Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. which he does the voice of Falcor. Okay. Right, elderly gentleman. And what I found out is that he's like a really big time uh, voiceover in cartoons, early cartoons. So he he did voices in He Man. Uh, he did voices in Six Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, he was the clock in Toy Story Floor. Ooh. Oh wow. wow! Yeah, he did voices in Mighty Mouse, and um, 
even the original Smurfs, he did the voice of Vanity Smurf. <laughs> okay. Wow, he's an established voice actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of different. Those are not the same kind of voice. Mm -hmm. So I was I was impressed by that the most. Yeah, man. Um, really quick. Um, I just want to give a shout out to anyone who's listening right now. Right. Um. I'm going to send you guys the link to the StreamYard app right now that we're live on. If you guys want to chime in and give us one of your uh, 80s stories or 80s movie stories, I'm going to put the link into the Facebook page. And if you don't want to be on video, you can join us through audio. You guys seen us do it before. That's uh, something that we want to give you guys an opportunity to participate into the podcast. So I'm going to throw the link drop in there if you guys want to join and give us uh, your two cents on what your 80s movies uh, choice is or what you thought about it. That will be 100% awesome. Hey, you're more than welcome. All right, so uh, let's go to. Oh, do you have a comment? Uh, oh, that's you. Okay. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to the next movie. So the, the next movie ties in with that same idea, a child's imagination, right? It, it's 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 pretty cool. And um, a lot of these kids' movies, you know, I was a kid watching it, so I felt, you know, I related with it, you know. So um, let me pull up the picture when when. Um, so the movie that I a lot of people haven't seen this movie, uh, it has a young Ethan Hawke in it, but um, it came out in 1985. It's called <laughs> The Explorers. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Took it back. Yeah. So have you seen it? Have you guys seen it? I I don't I think have, so. But okay. it you know it's it it's okay. It wasn't something you watched a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. So I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about it, right? Um. Young Ethan Hawke, a boy obsessed, obsesses with a, a 50 sci-fi movies about aliens, and, and he has a reoccurring dream about a blueprint of some kind. And every time he wakes up, he ends up drawing a little bit more of it. And he shows it to his friend, who, who's her friend, his friend is, they're, they're kind of like all of them are nerds. And his friend is like, you know, a scientist in his own right. And he, he kept, he was like, hey, that looks like kind of like a blueprint of some kind. Maybe I could punch it into my computer. The computer's super ancient, but, you know, it's part of the movie, right? So eventually, in his basement, they end up learning that that blueprint that they typed in and put it into their computer actually created an orb, like a, a blue a blue orb, a clear orb that, that you couldn't see it at first. You had to type in some DOS type of commands in order for it to be visible. But uh, there was a point where the cat landed on his keyboard and, and, and typed in a bunch of commands, and this orb just went through everything. And I'm talking about went through bookshelves, went through walls, went through brick. It was like, it was crazy and they couldn't stop it. And then eventually they found out that they had, uh, they had the ability to create this orb and then you can make it bigger or smaller and it can go fast as, as you want. And um, eventually they thought about using their, you know, imaginations and everything. They said, hey, listen, why don't we make our own little ship and then the orb will protect us. And they were able to breathe in there. And, and they did that. They brought oxygen in there with them. And while they were like basically living out their dreams and flying over the towns and everybody thought it was like a UFO and everything, all of a sudden they lost control. And there was all, all types of um, writing on the screen of their computer. And it took them just straight north, straight straight out of this, you know, almost out of this world. And they had to unplug the power in order to, to get back control of it. Eventually, they realized that there was a greater being that was pulling them up, and they were talking about it. And they were like, "Listen, man, I want to live. I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't know what's out there." And then they were like, hey, "Listen, this is our destiny. Let's do it." So, mm -hmm. it became an adventure story for these kids. 
and they went up and uh, the same thing happened again and they got pulled into space into a spaceship and um they end up encountering these aliens that you know, they, they, you know, you're horrified. You see these ugly things. They're disgusting looking. In fact, I think I have a, a picture of them. Let me see. Uh, do I have them? Did I upload it? No, nah, I didn't upload it. I'm sorry. Uh, these aliens were, hard, were ugly looking. But what they ended up learning was that when the aliens spoke, it spoke in English. And they were like, how does it speak? How does it understand our language? But the aliens actually experienced our world through tv so everything they said was like from a tv show or from <laughs> news so they actually thought that um that we we as humans are just meant to destroy everything because they watch all these movies of destruction and everything and actually they just connect with these aliens and tell them like no we're not about that we're, we're we you know we're people we come in peace and everything so it was a pretty cool experience um <laughs> Although that's one of the aliens right there. Very <laughs> what they ended up realizing was this huge alien that they were talking with wasn't even the the it was actually a kid alien. And then the father eventually came in the mothership and swallowed their ship and then started yelling at him in his alien language. But nonetheless, it, um it was a, it was an adventure story. It was nostalgic. Uh, the budget for it. Um, it came out also in July 1985. Budget was 25 million. It made a measly 9.9 .9 million dollars. So, a lot of these movies, man, they became so popular once they became on 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 VHS, and they they got a huge following after the fact. But I don't know about that one. Well, <laughs> I think so. You gotta watch it, bro. You gotta watch no, no, it. No, no, I'll watch it absolutely. The goal is listen. I have I have a, I have a young baby now, and I'm hoping that she has the. Um, the patience to sit through a movie, you know, and focus. Cause I would love to watch a lot of these things. I want to, I want her to watch Thundercats. I want her to watch a lot of those cartoons and not just because they're from my era, because I truly feel that they're way better than anything else that they come out with now. I watched a uh, never ending story with my son and he loved it. Really? I, I think that's dope, man, for them to appreciate it. You know, I love, I would love to see the excitement on their face, you know, as mm -hmm. they're experiencing that movie, because I caught that feeling, you know. I was excited. I was sad. I, that movie took you up and down, you know. So um, that's my show. You. you know what? Once oh, yeah. I saw the alien, that's when I started to remember the movie. Yeah, that that alien is weird as hell, but it was, <laughs> it was funny because it was talking in TV terms, like it was like Abbott Costello. It was just talking random, like comments. They were like, "Where where do you get this from?" And then they were showing them like. This is from your planet. We watch. This is what we watch. You know, you know, kind of, kind of similar, but not. So, in this movie, they're being judged by what's on TV, right? There was a point where, um, it's a weird story. I was, uh, I was coming home from a football game in Queens. I had to take the train. I had to go through Manhattan to go back to Brooklyn because of traffic. I mean, because of construction. So I'm on this train, and there's a family: husband, wife, daughter, son, sitting right across from me. And they're staring, not no blinking, staring right at me, staring. And I'm like, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing sweatpants and a football jersey. And I'm like, why are these people staring at me? I don't understand it, right? So, um, <laughs> so, um, I, I'm looking at them like, you need help or something, right? And then they were a little lost. They said, yeah, we're looking for this. So I said, yeah, all you gotta do is take the train here. Then they say, 
they're like hitting each other and whispering into each other's ears. And they say, ask them, ask them. And I go, what do you want to know? And they go, excuse me, do you have a gun? And can we see it? I said, why, why would you ask me that? And they said, don't everybody have a gun in New York? I said, where are you from? Oh, we're, from, we're visiting from the United Kingdom. So I said, so why would you think that I have a gun? Why do you think that everybody has a gun? Because that's what we see on TV. And at that moment, I thought to myself, wow, is that how other people view Americans when they watch American films? Like, you know, does that mean that uh, that I, I, I can fight in blood sport because you saw that American film? I got yeah, you got to you got to tag that last comment by by John Devlin. Oh. Read it out loud, man. <laughs> if they make a movie of your life, Michael Pena should play you. You remind me of him, dude. <laughs> I like Michael Pena. Wait, who's Michael Pena? Michael Pena is the guy from um, the Ant-Man oh, movie. No, the Ant-Man movie, the, one, the, the, the Hispanic dude. There you go, him. Oh, hold on. I'm pulling it out. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, I like that <laughs> Yeah. I love that guy. Thank you. You know what? Hey, Michael Pena, if you're out there, you know, this yeah, He's guy. mad funny. Yeah, he's you know funny. why? It's because that guy gives mad random facts in Ant-Man. Uh, he doesn't. The guy giving all the facts and information. <laughs> yeah, he, was he tells a story really weird, and and I think it's yeah. so long. Yeah, he does voiceovers for the story. That's dope. Ant Man, like he's he's doing everybody's voice. Yeah, as they tell the story. Yeah, he he has one of those personalities that. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he can he can say a lot of things, and they make it it makes it really really funny. You know, because uh -huh. yeah, uh -oh. Dan came over with the nunchucks, just down the third, and pow, right over there. He he does sound like that. He does sound yeah. like that. That's, that's you you have an act for for imitating a lot of people. You know, I don't know how long it takes you to to get that, but you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I try. Uh so uh how Singing, voice impersonations, man. Yeah, this guy is talented. Talent is uh, limitless. Jamie Fox. <laughs> Jamie Fox move over. We have Rick. Yeah. Uh, heart heart. We gotta heart, do it. Heart. Learn learn an instrument. You are a quadruple threat. <laughs> He's a one-man band. My band, my band. Yeah. Um, so let, let's move on. Uh Rick, what's your, your next movie? Oh, um, my next movie, I think I went with another uh, movie that I, th I think most people saw, and it was The Labyrinth. Um, mm. Yeah, man. Mm. I personally thought- very young Jennifer Connelly in there, right? Yeah, young. She was a teenager, Jennifer Connelly in that oh, movie. That was her first movie. No, uh, no, I don't think. That was my early movie. But I was really, really impressed with David Bowie's performance in that movie. He did, he did a fantastic job in that movie. He was awesome. And I love his voice. Like- it's funny because I don't like I don't musicals, huh? I don't remember him singing, but I remember the movie very well. Yeah, um, like I don't like musicals, like when they, when they just, when they sing all the way through the through yeah. the movies. I never liked them, but when a musical is done right, man, they, I mean, they tell a story in, in a way that's just so awesome, and that's that's funny because uh, Little Shop of Horrors, kind of a musical, uh, The Labyrinth, awesome uh, musical. And a lot of Disney movies are basically musicals. Like you guys know, one of my favorites is The Little Mermaid. Yes, we know. Weird. <laughs> and and Weird. technically, it, it fits because she, she she got in there at the at the at the at the last leg of the eighties. She got there in eighty nine. Cool question. Gonna, I'm just gonna yeah. real quick. You watch all Disney movies, yes? Almost. Okay, most of them. Yeah. Why is that one out of all of them your favorite? 
That one, I, oh man, that's that's the, the song's a classic. The the story was amazing. I loved it, and it was like one of the first big Disney movies that I, like that when I was young. That was the first movie that was it was the idea of uh, animation going to to the theaters. At that time, I was like, oh wow, a cartoon that's gonna be in the movies. That was a big deal for me. And okay. it's, uh, yeah, it was just. I, and when I watched it, I just I fell in love. Like the characters are so well developed, you really care for them, and it, it's oh man, it's one of my favorites. Classic songs, classic characters. That makes me wonder what is the first animation I saw in a movie theater. Mm. Oh, uh, the first one I think is Bambi. I think Bambi was the first animated movie in the 1930s, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm saying for myself, I'm wondering mm. what was my first animation movie in the movie theater. Because you know, cartoons was a big deal for kids back in the days, right? And to have the opportunity to see it on a big screen, I could see that being memorable, and it, it holds, it holds weight. And I think that's what happened with me with the Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. even though I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, uh, most people saw it at home on video, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the box office numbers are gonna uh, disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I think. Going to the video store was a big part of our lives, and it was a big part of us, our family, of watching videos at home. And what'd you pick up from the movie store? Oh, I pick up something good. Like it was fun, and it was something to look forward to. And we didn't just commit our, ourselves to the house stuck on games the whole time. We went out and played. We did our, our thing, and then we came home once a week. That's from my family, and we watched a movie. You know, like you know, my aunt was always um renting uh horror movies which scared the shit out of me but you know i had to get used to it you know yeah but yeah man um that that i i gotta watch that movie over again you know obviously i got a little girl now so we'll probably end up watching it when she gets older you know yeah man the 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 puppetry on that that's even a word the the, the just the, the jim henson man he was the man when he came to play puppets and stuff like that he did a fantastic job just creating that world man the world of the labyrinth that uh, the thing with the guy like that with the eyes in his hand was that from the labyrinth yes yes it's a scene where jennifer yeah uh, jennifer Connolly is falling down there's a whole bunch of hands grabbing her and then they create faces with the hands mm. interesting yeah Yo, if you could pull it out look up um um helping hands and pull up an image while I'm while I'm telling this, that scene with the helping hands, it was oh my god, that came right out of Jim Henson's head because one of the the creators for the movie was talking about doing uh, you know how people made hand faces like this with their hands, mm -hmm. they would like put lipstick and put two eyes, right? Yeah. So that's the idea he had for the scene, and then Jim Henson took it to a whole nother level with just creating faces with whole hands. So if you can look for um, um, the helping hand scene from the labyrinth. He's a legend, man. He he touched. Did you find something? Lives. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Look at those, look at those different faces he made just from using hands. Wow. Yep, they created uh, over one hundred latex hands for that scene, and it was in a forty foot drop. And wow. They were, just, they were just testing out different types of hands and mouths, and this would be a mouth with two people. Well, one person would do the mouth, and another person like. They do this for the eyeballs and the, the 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 eyebrows, and they'll do different kinds of eyes. It's, like it's a great level of artistry, you know. Man, imagination. His imagination was crazy. Someone wrote, "Jim Henson is great. The puppets in Dark Crystal are amazing too." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dark Crystal was before the Labyrinth. 
Was it? Okay. Yeah, The Labyrinth was one of his last movies because, it, again, it was another commercial flop. Another movie that I think it was a $25 million budget. Oh, that's um, Guillermo del Toro, right? Wow. Oh, that's that's later on. No, that's no, that's a, that's a different year. movie. Yeah. That's Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Right, right, right. Yeah. But that's what I was thinking of. But that's a decade oh. later. That's yeah. a decade later uh, how he started something and people still model from it. You know, it's pretty cra crazy, you know? Yeah, he just created but, so many unique characters for that movie, The Labyrinth. Huh? It didn't do well in the box office, correct? No, it was a it was a flop, big time, big time flop. It was one of the last movies he ended up doing because I think it pretty much bankrupted him. Well, it's it's more about the did he pay for it or was it a studio? Like I gotta find that oh, out. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like a twenty five million dollar. But it was it was, it was his passion project. And um, uh, another fun fact was that um, he had a friend. His name was what was it here? Was uh Sendak, right? He also made books. One of the books that he made, everybody knows this one, and that's where the wild things are. Mm -hmm. What I didn't know when I found out when I was researching this film was that The Wild Things was part of a sort of a trilogy of books. Mm -hmm. And one of the books is called uh, Outside Over There. And the, and, the, and the theme to that book was where a young girl has her baby sister taken away by goblins. And that's the exact same premise of um, um, The Labyrinth. You know, you have Jennifer uh, Connelly playing the girl whose little brother gets taken away by the goblins and the goblin king and so he was a friend of uh, Jim Henson. So he felt like he was trying to take his creative ideas away from him. So he was trying to stop the movie from being done. And they came to an agreement where he would give him some credit in his movie. So in the first scene where she's in the bedroom, you're going to see a book of where the wild things are. And you're going to see a portion of uh, Sendak's trilogy of um, over um, outside and over there. Oh, okay. Mm. That's pretty cool. That was early, early day negotiating, so I don't sue your ass, right? Yeah, he got he got away easy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. From honestly, uh, question for you guys. Uh, if you need me to go over a list, who was your guy of the eighties? Who was your favorite? I think I know your, yours, Gillette, but um, who was your guy of the eighties? Your your go to actor that really. I mean, for me, it's hard because you know I, I'm I'm I loved all types of movies, you know. But um, if you could name one actor, who was your guy? Oh, girl. I don't know. So Did while I we think while we thinking of that, right? I know you know I'm gonna say Eddie Murphy, yeah. but a movie that I watched a lot, I believe that was in the '80s, with Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. So like, I don't know if you want to put that in the movies category, but that was a movie that I watched. And my sister, you know, once she was big enough, I mean, even years after that thing came out, we was watching it, watching it, watching it, watching it to the point where um, there's a he has a song where he's like, uh, get on the bus and get your ticket right. Yeah, trying to get me to sing, but it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> so, so what was crazy was I was like, um, when I got with my lady, I used to sing random songs and be like, where's that from? Where's that from? And she didn't know. And I was like, that's Michael Jackson. She's like, Michael Jackson ain't make no damn song. <laughs> get on a bus and get your dick. So I had to show her. I was like, what? It's from Moonwalker when he was like a claymation rabbit. Yeah. He's running from him. I don't uh, remember it fully, honestly. That, that movie. Oh, I might have watched, watched it once. That's why I don't remember. Yeah, but, but if you watch it, it's like. Moonwalk is like seven movies in one, I think. It's like a bunch oh, yeah, of I think so. it's like a bunch of little skits. 
Oh, okay. Oh, when he turns into the car, he turns into a robot, a car. He turns, he's a rabbit in one. Somebody, somebody wrote uh, Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon, and Mad Max over and over. That's that's oh, what nice. it is. Definitely. Person, yeah. That, listen, that Mad Max back in the day was was epic. It was great. Yeah. That that world was pretty cool. They, the the way they dressed them, they did a great job. You know, there's so many young stars back then. You know, um, I would say for me. Man, I'm torn because you know, like, listen, I love the Michael J. J. Foxes and mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Murphy was was clutch and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the rock of back then. You know, uh, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> he, transitioned, he transitioned from something else, but he was a mega star. But if I'm gonna have to pick a go-to, and don't fault me because there's so many great. I, uh, Kung Fu was big in the '80s too. I loved Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. I watched American Ninja and um. John Claude Van Damme movies, but um, yeah. I would say if I had to pick one person, it would be Sylvester Stallone, man. The Rocky series I was so inspired from. It was masterful from the beginning to the end. From the orchestra, from the orchestra, from the, the way they filmed it, they changed the game for everything, and they did it like against all odds. His 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 um Rocky is called the underdog story. Well, that's his life, you know, and and he broke the mold and. And I was impressed even as a kid. I was like in awe. I watched that movie a million times. Even to this day, that music inspires you. Mm-hmm. So that was my choice. Yeah. One of the things I think about 80 movies is that they have great rewatch value. Great rewatch value. Like you can Absolutely. know, there's not many movies that if you know the line, you know what's going to happen, you want to see it again. Yeah. A lot of the newer movies, it comes up, nah, I saw that already. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a fairly newer movie, but let a Rocky movie come on. You'll watch it now. How many times have you seen a Rocky movie? That's you true. just you, you, you don't let you turn to it when the music is on. Oh, yeah, or he's running up the steps or something, getting stronger and all that. Right, sing it, so, sing, it. sing it. I don't know, I just know he says getting stronger. You know, as a kid, I, I always wanted. Yeah. He's the only guy out of all of us who can actually sing, but then he doesn't want to. But okay, I know, right? <laughs> only oh. in the sh- shower studios. That's it, man. Only in oh, the shower yeah. studios. That's yeah. it. Inspired. <laughs> Got it. Someone wrote um, any of Jim Car- Carrey, obviously, Jackie Chan, and Eddie Murphy. Absolutely. You know, that was Abby. Uh, great. You know, all of them have, you know, uh, Jackie Chan was a part of so many, uh, so many great movies, and his accent didn't bother me not one bit. You know he was. You know he's a master of uh, of his craft. You know, but uh, Rick, did you tell me yours? My what? Your 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 go to guy for the eighties, a go to actor? I couldn't think one. All I could think about was another classic movie that I think was underlooked and underrated back in the day, which was The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. It was with Andre the Giant. He was in it, and it was had like. The Princess Bride. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Look it up. I don't I don't remember that. So, out of all those mega stars, bro, look up the Princess Bride. I think you just me. be trying to find the, the 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 sleeper like that. No one's thinking about. Nah, bro, it's on my list of uh, movies. Then you can't even see it. It's on yeah. my list of movies that I had. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cover, and it doesn't ring a bell. Appreciate the feedback. Someone wrote, "Sub fellas, you have a good pos- podcast. Keep doing your thing." Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Jose. Jose Otero. 
Thank you. Thank you for those kind, kind words. Princess Bride is one of my favorite and must see. Oh, you see, he says, nah, dead ass. Everybody knows the Princess Bride. Thank you. Thank one, you. One person. You can go in a room and you guys can watch. Jose it. Otero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I don't remember the movie. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me look this up real quick. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, the Princess Bride is one of those classic 80s movies. I mean, I remember Andre the Giant was there. I think it was the only movie Andre the Giant was in. He... Okay. The wrestler. Mm-hmm. It has a sort of um, what do you call it? It has a, like a a Robin Hood kind of theme to it. Billy Crystal's in it. Yes, absolutely. Well, you put me on the one. I've definitely heard of it, but I have no, I have no recollection of it. You see, it Jose says ring. it's hilarious. It's a funny movie. Yeah, it doesn't ring any bells, man. Honestly, oh man, but, but like. Did you ever watch wrestling like in the eighties? I, I did. It was it was big. Hulk Hogan, Jim, Jim, Andre the Giant, uh, Andre the Giant, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, uh, the Bushwhackers. You know, like yeah, that was in the yeah, that was in the peak of Andre's career. I, I probably watched it, but what I want to know, Rick, yeah, out of all these mega movies, you chose that movie, bro. No, it's not just me. Look, even your man says it right here. He says, I know the name and title throws you off, but I promise it's gangster. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a quote. Um, Listen, if that's what stood that's, out to you, that's what stood out that to movie, you. Yeah, of course. Different <laughs> movies talk to us in our own ways. The yeah. Last Dragon was one of the best movies of, of all time. You know, I love that movie. Every song in that you remember, every you know, just just directly your feature to Daddy Green's Pizza. Show enough. That soundtrack is in my Apple iTunes. Yo, that movie was epic on so many levels. Listen, we all wanted to catch bullets with our teeth. Oh, right. Yeah, we all did this to see if we could get our hands to look like it was doing that thing. And or if it would glow, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he wanted to be Bruce Lee, and he was just looking for a belt buckle, he looking for, for for this fake uh sensei, or you know, Listen, I'm so corny when I was single, even as a young adult, I still was throwing out the can you teach me some moves? <laughs> cute joint, so Yo, it's one just of, classic. So many great scenes when, when they went to the Chinese. Uh, Printing shop, um, and they were singing Suki Yuki Yaksaki Suki Saki Asaki to you. Yeah. Yo. And then, and oh, when he was pretending to be, um, he was pretending to roll dice and he was trying to be, he was practicing his pitch. And yep. then when he finally said it, he was, yo, so brother number one. Like it was so <laughs> not the way he should have did it, but yeah. it was awesome. It was and that, that awesome. scene was so dope because the, the, the Chinese guys. Were like acting black, and he was acting like a Chinaman. Yeah. That yeah. was what made it so dope. Yeah, a fishnet shirt, uh, top yeah. on, everything, and yo, know, hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Uh, did I, yeah. I don't remember if I mentioned in the other podcast. I actually went to uh, uh, a viewing in Governor's Island of the Last Dragon, and and I wore this, I wore this hat, I wore this shirt. Now I wanted to get another shirt, but I was researching, and I didn't really find any cool shirts. This is the coolest shirt I could get. So I go there, I wear this hat, I wear this shirt, and this guy dressed in a full gi, looking exactly like Leroy in the movie theater. 
he was literally eating lo mein with chopsticks, right? The dude comes up to me and was like, we must battle. So we took pictures, posing like we were fighting, and people were treating us like we were in the movie. Can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? Just taking pictures around us. Um, the main actor showed up. That story is pretty crazy because he was not supposed to make it make it in that movie. But um, that movie's great for a multitude of reasons. You know, you just gave me a little nostalgia right now. When we used to go to the movies right after work, man, you got that video from the Deadpool man. We meant to go see it. Ooh, I do. We're gonna have to yeah. share that another. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we went to see the movie uh, Deadpool straight after work. A bunch of us and. We came up with the idea, like, yo, we should buy Deadpool masks and all wear them and take public transportation over there with our Deadpool masks. So yeah, we're, we're, built, we're built in all different shapes and forms, fat ones, tall guys, skinny guys. <laughs> right? And we all wore it. And Rick wore the Deadpool with the with a woman's wig on top of it, which was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. You know? So you get different responses. People are uneasy. Now people are more used to people wearing masks because of COVID. But yeah. back then, you know, it was free. So think about it. Five people come on the train with, with Deadpool masks, right, in their regular clothes. People were scared. People were staring at us like, yo, what the hell? But I'll share that video and those pictures later. Yeah, but people also stopping us to take pictures, remember? They were. Mm -hmm. they were. That that slow-mo uh, walk oh, walk to the camera was epic. But Yes. I'll, I'll share that, man. It was, it, was, it was a good time, man. Great memories, man. I'm willing to do stuff like that. For the memories, man. I love it. Yeah. Also, I just want to give one quick shout out because you can't mention 80s nostalgia, even though I'm not a personal fan, but you <laughs> got to give a shout out to Star Wars, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Star, I mean, those yeah. diehard Star Wars fans right now, they would unsubscribe, delete us, remove <laughs> us from the internet, and we, we would have zero validity without mentioning Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars is epic. It's still mm -hmm. in. It's and and then on the comedy side of that, you have Spaceballs, which is a parody of Star Wars. Yo, Spaceballs was classic, man. Rick, yeah. Rick Moranis, right? Right, right. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Rick Rick Moranis was in it. Mm. And um it, he was hilarious. He wore the huge dog. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 And then after that, he 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 got tied into uh Honey, I shrunk the kids and made a gazillion dollars and straight up retired from the industry. And every time <laughs> someone offered him something, he was like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, mm. I can buy your studio with yeah. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the kids' money. Yeah. <laughs> that like, movie had to have done well. Yeah, of course. I, I watched the first one after the second one and third one. I was like, like, You know, the second part was Honey, I shrunk the kids again. Mm. You know, <laughs> and all, uh, and and what about the Goonies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, oh yes, brother. Goonies is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's childhood friendships going on an adventure. I actually have a paintball team, and we are called the Goonies. Um, I'll share that another time. But um, uh, my buddy Thomas right here is a member of the team. Um, when COVID's over, you guys are all invited to 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 partake in shooting. Uh, it's a lot of fun, man. But um, yeah, the Goonies, epic. You cannot talk about the '80s and not talk about the Goonies. Yeah. So Definitely. guys, we talked about a lot of stuff. I think we should wrap it up, man. Thank Absolutely, you. Man. I uh, got one. Before you wrap it up, I got a question. Quick okay, question. Any crushes from the '80s movies? Oh, 
Childhood crushes from the 80s movies. Right out of the little shop of horror. Out. For little me, it was that good. Yeah, she was she was killing it. She was so provocative. Ellen Green. Who? Ellen Green, the the from where? From the, where? the love the love interest on Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, the, the, the titty girl. The the the, <laughs> the the one that you said was like oh like you were like fantastic about. Yeah, man. She had a sexy little lisp too, man. Oh, how how do I not? Thank you, thank you. Uh how how do I not? Oh, like, weird science. science. Oh. Weird science was my joint. <laughs> yeah, weird science. Hold man. on a minute. These I was gonna talk these about these boobies it. did it for you for an eight nine year old. Yeah, that did it. <laughs> never seen cleavage in his life. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that no. was a big deal back then. Cleavage yeah, was yeah. a big deal back then. Yo, yeah, the girl from um Weird Science, she was epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually was gonna choose Weird Science for this episode. And there's a lot of did you knows about that about that thing about that show, the movie, great movie. But um, again, there's there's so many episodes, so many we we have plenty of time to really talk about all this stuff. Uh, someone wrote uh, I tuned in late, Die Hard, Lead the Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop, Harry the Harry and the Hendersons, absolutely. Yes. Mac and me, yeah. yeah, Mac and me definitely. Mac and me, brother. <laughs> Mac and me, that thing had me crying like a baby. Someone wrote Brooke Shields and Blue Lagoon was my 80s for. <laughs> um, I, I love Jennifer Jennifer Connolly. I love I, I love I actually got to meet her. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, her and her husband are awesome. Her husband is actually right, save that story because I actually want to do a show on that. Uh actors and actresses that we met. Okay, cool. That's yeah. gonna be a dope, that'll be a dope show. We got stories for days, man. Absolutely. So um, hey guys, man, thank you for joining, tuning in. Uh, this is our first live episode, man. We're actually looking to uh, change the time and make a consistent time going forward. So I think we're going to start airing live on uh, Sunday, I think, 10 o'clock, right? 10 p.m.? 10 p.m., yeah. 9 to 10, we'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, all those guys in the Facebook uh, media chat room, thank you for all your feedback and you know talking back and forth about scripts and actors and upcoming um movies we love it we love it Keep part of we appreciate yeah, yeah. you um anyway you guys want to contribute whether it be pictures whether it be comments whether it be if you want to join us just like just like our buddy uh thomas is joining us you're more than welcome we love it there's a lot of people who are very opinionated about certain movies you know you, mm -hmm. you better not talk bad about this character or this movie you know yeah and, and we want to hear you yeah, I want to show you guys also, like, like you can also join without video, like I'm going to show you right now. Like, see, you can still hear me talking. If you're not comfortable with being on video, this is an option, you know, we want you guys to explore. So choose, that way. You could choose your photo. You could choose the funniest photo you could think of. Yeah. As a dog, if you want. Whatever you want. Sky's the limit. But, you know, it, it's a pretty cool uh, medium to use. Um, we'll let you know more information going forward. Uh, again, Thomas, thank you for for joining us, man. You're always welcome here, man. We love yeah, having you. Yeah. Uh, Rick, thank you for holding it down. No uh, problem, man. Always, guys. Uh, keep up the, the the dialogue back and forth. Love what you do. Do what you love, man. Word up. Salute y'all. Peace, yo. Peace. Later.